All right, John. Quick question for you. Yeah. Werewolves or vampires? What would you rather be? Werewolves or vampires? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had to choose one to be, if you had to like go down that dark path forever, yeah. what would it be? I mean, I think it's obvious vampires. I mean, <laughs> I vampires? don't even like... I mean, besides like, you know, what is it like Teen Wolf? Like there's no <laughs> movies about them. Like werewolves don't get any. I mean, our American werewolf in Paris, I guess. I mean, I don't this is that's the that's the extent of my werewolf movie knowledge. So many vampire movies and I just it's so many. You're like already dead. You can live forever. Yeah, but you can't You're go outside like, during the day. Isn't that a, that's a little problematic. That's that's all right. You're super always in shape. They're always like hot. You know, there's a lot of advantages to, to being a vampire. That is, that is a I'm sure point. I'm missing some. I'm sure I'm missing some. Their movies are always a success. Um, yeah, I would definitely be a vampire. What about you, Corbin? Uh, I think vampire too. I, I feel like that would be the better world. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't say no to either. If I had to, if you had to be a werewolf, I think that I would was take the wimpiest answer, yeah. Corbin. That was the wimpiest I want, answer. I want to be. I would do I both. Would do. I would like them both. They both sound fun to me. They both are great. I don't care. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> all so right. Which side are you on I, I you know i'm do werewolf just to piss you off <laughs> just because i want to do teen wolf that's that's Good. the only reason wow teen wolf three <laughs> teen wolf three um but i want to segue into this amazing person that we have here today this is somebody who is the vampire queen she loves so many things vampires she has Ooh. a podcast for vampires she's one of the best people i know she's a actress i met her in a play her name is yeah. julia steyer like fire hey julia hi yeah. welcome to the show <laughs> Hello, guys. Oh, that intro gave me so much joy. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I was given no warning that that's how it was going to start. And I just feel so seen. Julia, how did we do? How did we do? You guys I did the vampire great. Queen. You yes. guys did so good. I'm like a little surprised Corbin went for werewolf. I feel like that was a personal attack. <laughs> it was a little on bit. On me. A little bit. But no, I think you totally hit it, John, though. It's like there's so much vampire media out there yeah. right now, which is why we started uh, me and my co-host started Bite Me, the podcast, as we review mm -hmm. and watch, watch and review, uh, yes. flip that, um, vampire media. And it started because I grew up in the age of Twilight and yep, the right. Vampire Diaries and all of those things. And like, I remember watching, I've done theater my whole life, and I remember watching Vampire Diaries being like, oh, I want to do TV. Like, that <laughs> was the show. <laughs> and was I was it. like, Oh, but just because I think with television, you get this really amazing um, character arc and character building and you really mm -hmm. get to watch them develop. And then, you know, from I kind of did it backwards. I watched Vampire Diaries first and then was introduced to Buffy like three years later. Oh, yeah, very backwards. Even though that's like, yeah, I know the OG one. <laughs> Because I was like too young when Buffy came out the first time, so I had all to, like, of us. All of us were Julia, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I had to wait a little bit. Yeah. Um, but no, we we really. Um, you know, it's funny, I was telling you guys earlier that I used to have a podcast that was me interviewing other actors and like, I got bored doing it, so I stopped. <laughs> but I wanted to do a podcast and I was like, well, what is something that I would just like, yes, I want to sit down and talk about it and spend yeah. my time doing it. And I was like, oh my God, vampire movies. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Course, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. what's interesting about that, Julia, is like, that is the thing that you have a passion for that excites you, that's fun. And I think that's how you continue to have energy towards doing mm -hmm. it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Like if it if it didn't if you didn't get excited and have fun with it, it'd exactly. be hard to continue, right? It's not a chore. It's not a chore. Yeah. I get to sit down with a very yeah. dear friend. We bring yeah. on other people. We kill a bottle of red wine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we have a yeah. good time doing it. And then we just get to talk. And it's it's interesting too though as actor, like we're both actors and I'm a writer and she's a producer. It's like we we get to in analyzing it, we get to be like, oh well Maybe I would try that in my writing. Or I didn't like how they, you know, didn't introduce the antagonist until the second act. That was kind of weird for me. Or, you know, oh, I really liked how they um, took all this really serious stuff and said it so flippantly. I'm going to maybe try that the next time I have to tackle a more, uh, a role that at the first read seemed more like a downer or something like that. So it's really cool. There is something super informative about analyzing and really breaking things down past just watching it and getting to discuss it and getting to pull things out of it. So it's like we trick ourselves into doing like work while, you know, <laughs> we have a great time. So yeah. do, do you feel like your writing has gotten better after watching so many vampire movies? You know, it's hard to tell because I actually haven't had time to write. Um, and so I th mm -hmm. feel like right now I'm just in the what I like to call the refilling the well mm -hmm. stage mm -hmm. of like because I was doing a bunch of writing during the pandemic. Um, because that's kind of all there was to do. I was I was doing a lot of like virtual networking, um, writing, and I feel like right now I'm just like, 
I'm out of stories. So like I need to like watch more. And but I actually do. I was working on a pilot uh, that talks a lot about girls who love vampires because I was like, write what you know. Uh, so <laughs> I have a feeling uh, it'll help me if as I start to create maybe like a little bit of a series Bible. Now I have more to pull from because I was just doing the like tropes from the ones I had read, which was like Twilight, you know, da, da, da. but now I've watched like really obscure ones and I'm like, okay. We can pull those in. <laughs> These are getting weird. <laughs> These are getting so weird. So, Julie, with the writing and with the podcast, but do you do you kind of lead uh, and multi hyphenate? Do you kind of lead with the acting? Is that kind of where you're like, you know, where what what kind of pulls you forward? Would you say? I, you know, it's. I would say that that's how it started. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say that. Um, I feel like the writing and the acting are very much going hand in hand right now, mostly because I'm acting in stuff I'm writing. Oh, and also because that is where I want to end up. Like I would, I've always told people my career crush is Mindy Kaling. Mm -hmm. I really love the yes. idea of writing, creating. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of producing, but I'll do it as a necessity. I know she's like a big yeah. producer now, but I do love that idea of kind of giving to have, getting to have a little bit more creative control over the storytelling, over, um, you know, the voices and the bodies that we're centering. Um, and also I, just I like working with with people that I know I'll get along with. And as a producer, you get more control about that. You know, as the creator, you do get to be like, I, OK, I want to bring this person on for directing. I want to bring that person on for makeup. And and something I always tell people, I'm like, the greatest feeling in the world is giving your friends a job, mm -hmm. is like giving them an opportunity. And so that's something that I've really come to love about writing is that it opens that door. And so, you know, like I, I shot um, something I co-wrote a couple of weeks ago and I was able to give a director friend, a, you know, an opportunity and a credit. I was, we were able to give three other actors who are also our friends an opportunity or a credit. Mm -hmm. And there's just such a gratifying feeling of like, I'm bringing the people that I like and trust and admire up with me. And it, you can do that more as a writer than you can as an actor. How, how did you, because a lot of times with actors, I'm coaching or teaching. I'm like, you know, you got to write something for yourself, create something. And a lot of times they don't have confidence in that field, you know, like to step into that. How did you find mm -hmm. your, your confidence or your skills as a, as a, as a writer? Did you take a class? Did you just start doing it? How did you kind of find that? Totally. So I'm very lucky. Uh, my mom is an author and a journalist. And so mm -hmm. I come from a writing background. So I kind of had this built in secret weapon. Mm -hmm. um, and with writing, I really just started doing it, but I had the confidence of having an award-winning author like edit all my stuff <laughs> before I did anything with it. And so I definitely, that definitely boosted my confidence. And I started in, when I started writing, I started in um, like theater-based journalism. So I was doing a lot of reviews. I was doing a lot of interviews with people. Um, through that, I had been on the boards of different uh, theater companies in college. And one of them was called Brand New Theater. And I was reading a bunch of scripts from my fellow students. And the nice thing about that kind of exposure is that you're like, I see the format, but I also see what I'm up against. And I think I can do that. Mm. Like I'm, I'm seeing what other people my age are writing, how they're writing, what they're writing about. And like, I can do that. Like I'm a smart, smart person. So my senior year of college, I wrote my first one act play um, and it got accepted into the festival. And just, I will say a big thing with writing is like, I think it does help to get that like validation and like boost of confidence early on because you're like okay like this is worthwhile um and so then i took that show uh after college i took that show to new york and i was able right. to do it in a festival over there and from there i realized oh my god i wouldn't be having my new york state you know it was a small theater but i wouldn't be having my new york debut if i hadn't created something and that's when i realized writing opens doors because you have a product in your hand that other people want to be a part of because, you know, it's because acting can be so solo. You're trying to sell yourself and it's, yeah, that's great and fine, but it's like other people want to work with you when they also get something out of it. Mm -hmm. So I was able to be like, Hey, I'm going to be in this. I'm going to be one of the leads, but do you also want to be in it? And do you, you know, do you want to come on and lend your talents of directing or acting? And it's just so much easier to get things going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you're, and, you're yeah. not waiting on somebody else. And I love what you said about you're reading those scripts it's a bit of demystifying the process, right? Yes. And I think that's sure. a big thing, whether it's acting or writing or any of those things where it can feel like, I don't quite understand it. And, and even when I've worked in castings, like what goes on in the casting room? Like, I, you know, like what? Oh, 100%. You know, like, and then when you spend time in those worlds, you, it starts to be more demystified and it feels less like, 
oh, it's through luck or whatever that is. It's like, no, no, there's certain things that you know, totally. you're know you learning and, and using, yeah. And I love that you mentioned casting because that was something, you know, just in LA, you end up doing both sides of everything because you're like, I need something to do. Um, so I've been on, you know, on the casting side of things and that made me feel so much better as an actor because exactly what you're saying, it demystified the process and I saw how much went into the decision and how a lot of times it wasn't based off of what you you know what you did it was it was a lot of it had to do with like well their uh their aura just kind of matches this character more and it was also heartwarming to see and not heartwarming maybe that was the wrong word but there were so many talented actors coming through the door who weren't getting cast and i just wanted to go up to them and be like it's not because you're not talented like you are so <laughs> talented it's just we had 20 people for one role and so that kind of like made me feel better of like oh maybe when i don't get the role it's not because i suck like <laughs> yeah. maybe it's because there's all these other considerations so i totally agree with you on that i think i honestly think every actor should do some casting just to just to be like oh this is what really goes on it's okay <laughs> like a little self-soothing <laughs> Yeah, there's so there's so much that happens behind casting that like recording and we're, John and I were just talking about like recording, making sure that everybody's happy. The casting director is doing well. Like it's just so much, and you, it's good to kind of be in the fire for a second to know how scary it is. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, um, totally. Actually, kind of you're talking about like having those connections and all those people. Uh, I'm always curious how how do you because like networking is such an icky word, but like how do you kind of keep those relationships going? Because you're such a bubbly, nice person. It seems like you're. You're really good at making those genuine connections, but I don't know if that's like something you've learned from the years or you just fully just being yourself. Like what, what does that look like for Julia? Totally. I think for me, um, I read a really good, cause I also hated that idea of networking mm -hmm. and like, it, it just feels icky because it feels like you're asking for something. Um, and I read a really interesting piece of advice and I wish I could remember who to credit it to. Um, but they were like, you should go into every networking, you know, thing, uh, knowing that you left behind a piece of information. And they were like, whether that's a restaurant recommendation, whether it's a um, an idea, they're like, just going in with the idea of giving rather than receiving. And it makes it so much less mm. icky feeling. And then I've also, I think, learned through networking over the years is is find the human relationship, not mm. the work relationship. Um, like, I, I feel like I've had much, the, the networking relationships that have lasted or like that started off as networking and like maybe, you know, turned into friendship or even just long term. The second time we talked, it wasn't about career stuff. Mm -mm. Yeah. We went to a karaoke bar. <laughs> we, you know, uh, I invited them like because a lot of my networking comes from the theater shows I did. So like I invited them to the beach for my birthday. Like it was not theater or career related stuff. It was just getting to know them as people. And then it kind of circles back to what I was saying earlier of like and then when it comes time for opportunities, people want to work with their friends. Mm -hmm. So make them a friend, not a not a work connection. And also, it's just that's exhausting. I I can't I <laughs> yeah, can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 I think there's also though on the flip side, I think there are ways to network that are less icky because it's understood what it is. And by that I mean, what something I did over the pandemic is I reached out to a lot of USC alumni because mm -hmm. they understood that I was reaching out to them to network for mentorship. And so mm -hmm. that didn't feel icky because everyone knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Where it feels icky is when like you meet someone and you're like, I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> this you is know. what I do and what do you Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I do think that, um, I guess my top tips for networking are either do it through a vessel, I guess is the best word, where everyone understands what's going on. So be it your your college network, um, you know, asking asking somebody for an introduction is also a really, really great way. I've met a lot of people by that is I'll, I'll email someone being like, I'm not asking for you to talk to me because I know that's a lot, but I'm asking you to refer me to people you think I could talk to. And then just having that middleman or even just that like that person who can kind of vouch for you. But again, everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows it's a networking meeting. So it just feels less weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I flashed to Julia when I when I wrote and directed and produced my first like short film a long time ago. Half the crew was getting paid, and then half the crew was like my friends volunteering because yeah. I'd put a little budget. And then I was amazed after the we shot two weekends after four days of who I would like rehire, even if they were volunteering, and who <laughs> I wouldn't. Like the based on the people I was paying and not paying, like I could tell who the people were you know, exactly like who I would work with again, you know, yes. four days on set. And you're like, 
okay, these people that I paid, I would never work with again. These people I paid, I would work with again. These people that volunteered, I would have them volunteer again. These other ones I wouldn't ask again. It was amazing how clear it was and just, you know, who you click with, but also just like who you want to work with again. You Absolutely. Know? And, I think and, that- and Tina faces that in her book. She was like, uh, when she talked about her time on SNL, she was like, I would only hire people that I wanted to run into at two in the morning. She was <laughs> like, because right yeah, she's like, cause it's the personality that yeah. really comes down to it. She's like, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're a jerk, life's too short, man. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. That's true. Wait, so Julie, you went to, uh, you went to USC. Did you know did. you wanted to do theater when you got there? Was that something to start a little bit earlier? Or you know, I did. I very randomly, um, arbitrarily set my heart on USC my freshman year of high school and did not want to go anywhere else. Um, I just, I still remember this conversation with my dad. I was like, oh, well, like I want to do like acting, like I should probably go, you know, to LA. The only thing I knew in LA was UCLA. So I was like, oh, I'll go to UCLA. And my dad was like, well, you know, there's other schools there. And he had, he was thinking from a, like a financial standpoint, he was like, UCLA, it's funded by, it's funded by the, um, the state. So every time the state takes a hit, UCLA takes a hit. And he had been hearing about, and granted, I don't know where he got any of this information. So Bruins (laughs) don't come for me, but he said that he had been reading about people who, because of the lack of funding or like the mishaps and I don't even know what to call it, the mishaps in funding. Um, were taking four and five years to graduate because they couldn't mm-hmm. get into their classes. And my dad was like, so if you go to, if you go to California, just go to USC. Like he said it so offhand mm. and I just latched onto it. So yes, I very much, that's like a long way to say yes. I very much knew I wanted to do theater. I had initially wanted to do the BFA program because just that's what my high school was really pushing. They were like, oh, if you know, if you go to college, you, you should do a BFA program. But I knew I wanted to minor and I knew I wanted to study abroad. And so when I showed up for my interview, I was like, hi, you know, I'm auditioning for the BFA. And they're like, okay, but like you, you marked that you wanted to study abroad and you wanted to minor. You can't do that in the BFA. And I was like, no, yes, I can. And they were like, no, you physically cannot do it. They're they're like, we're going to help you out. We're going to make your decision for you. Um, So I ended up doing the BA and I did, I got to study in England. Um, Great. I had kind of like bounced around different minors for a little bit, but I finally landed on cinema because I was like, I'm at USC. Like I might as well like go have class in the George Lucas building. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I did. I, I fully had my heart set on USC. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad I went. How was, yeah. how was acting in England? Like what, what were, was uh, it different? Was it beautiful? What, tell me all about it. It was amazing. And so the, the interesting thing about um, the differences in the program is like, so, you know, the BA was very much at USC was very much a craft your own. Um, you know, you had to follow certain uh, requirements, but it was very much craft your own thing. Mm-hmm. England, it was a 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., five days a week, this is what you're doing. And so it was like a conservatory style, um, but just for a semester, which like I honestly think is all I could handle because I remember (laughs) remember calling my mom one night and being like, I don't think my brain can physically memorize anything more because you're in like all these different styles. And like our finals were like you were doing a high comedy scene in one class and a Shakespeare scene and then a movement scene and then like a physical wow. comedy scene. And like, I remember being like, nothing makes sense. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I'm broken. Uh, but no, I loved it. And I, I really took my time there to be like, I'm here to study theater. So I saw 31 shows while I was there because I would just wow. go wow. to class and then like with my backpack would just hop on the tube because also tickets there, like they really encourage people to go to theater. So I could actually afford to go and I saw all different kinds of theaters. You know, I saw the ones on the West End, but I also went to like a pub that had a one woman show and the top floor, you know what I mean? Like just really trying to expose myself to a lot of different types of theater, a lot of different types of venue. And it just showed you can, anyone can do this. Like if you have the drive and if you are like, I'm just gonna sit down and make this happen, you can. And I think that's something that scares people a lot about writing is that it can feel very, um, gatekeeped in a way of like okay like if i if i write something how am i going to get it on a theater stage like how you know i can't make it to broadway like people think too yeah big sometimes and i don't say that to like diminish people i actually say that to build them up i'm saying don't make your goal you know for the first thing you write broadway because then you'll never write it but if you make your goal hey i want to write this and like stage it with some friends okay you can do that that's in your power and guess what like that'll boost you and you'll learn to what you want to write your next thing about. And then 
You can use that as your calling card. You can invite people to come see it. Those people can give you advice on how to take it to the next level. And so I think the biggest thing, I'm sorry, I'm getting so off track no, with your question. Is, no, this is great. I love it. I totally spiraled. But yes, <laughs> England was incredible. And I think everyone, if you have the opportunity, um, should study there. <laughs> well, uh, Julie, I love what you said, just picking up the gatekeeper part. You know, I love that. I, uh, you know, uh, I like to say, you know, don't wait for the gatekeepers who maybe mm -hmm. A, don't know who you are or, or B, you know, aren't fans of yours yet, you know, but like, if you're waiting for the gatekeepers, yeah, you're, you're going to be waiting for a long time. So I yes. love that you were saying that you saw people doing that. And, and so, um, You've done you've done theater yourself. Uh, you've seen a lot of theater. Did, yeah. Was that happening at USC? I know you said you wrote the play and kind of afterwards, or like, yeah. How did that kind of all tie in with the acting? It totally was. So um, I somebody came into my freshman year. Um, oh gosh, what was it called? Like theater studies class, and literally changed my life because she just walked in and she was like, "Hi, um, I run the student newspaper, and we're looking for reviewers. We can't pay you, but we'll give you free tickets to shows." And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then I was hooked. And so I was a reviewer for three years and I got promoted to editor of the entire section my senior year. Um, and so was just seeing a ton of theater because it was free. And so I didn't have the gatekeeping of money being an issue because mm -hmm. that is a very real thing for young people. And, and there's actually a lot of initiatives right now in LA to do free tickets or $5 tickets. Like um, CTG has like, if you're under 25, you can get, you know, you can get in free to like previews because uh, cost really is inhibiting people from seeing shows. I was very lucky that that was not an issue because I was seeing everything for free <laughs> because yeah. I was giving them, you know, the, the reviews in return. So I did start seeing a lot of theater in college. Um, and then right after college, I joined, um, I was hired at Stage Raw, which is a theater review website um, based, you know, based in LA. So I was seeing a lot of shows through that. And yeah, it just really it gave me so many ideas for my own writing. It gave me so many ideas for my own acting. But I also think more importantly, it showed me who I wanted to work with because I was getting to see all these different theaters. Um, and it can be really, really hard to tell one theater from another when you see it on Actors Access or you see it online. And a lot of theater in LA is unpaid. And it's really hard to tell what's worthy unpaid versus not worthy unpaid. Mm -hmm. And so I was. it was just so beneficial to me. and. Through that, I got to meet a lot of people who uh, went on to become friends, castmates, colleagues, had hired me for other things because we had just met through all of these theater circles. And it honestly made it feel like I had a place in LA because it can be so strange to move out here. But suddenly I was going to shows and knowing four other people in the audience because I was like, oh, I've reviewed one of their shows. Oh, that's another playwright I've talked to. Oh, hey, I had an interview with them last week. Um, and so it kind of just helped take the world of LA and like make it a little smaller. And, and yeah, and, and I think the inspiration that you get from seeing theater um, uh, is there's, it, there's no comparison to how, how beneficial that is. How about with, because um, recently you were just in Diaries of Adam and Eve, right? That was the most recent play you're in. I'm currently still in you're it, which is why it, yeah. I'm like, oh, my brain. That's why it took me forever <laughs> to answer you guys. Because I was like, I'm at a matinee. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Um, no, that's that's awesome. I mean, I, I was just kind of curious what that whole process was with kind of what you're talking about, where you got to see a lot of plays. Like, how's it being back on there, especially with the pandemic? And um, what was that audition process like? Everything. Totally. So I'm so glad you asked about the audition process because I think this really, this is a good example of uh, how things kind of get done sometimes in LA when they do the whole, you want to work with people you know. And so a piece of advice my dad has always given me is be the person who's known for connecting other people. And you know, you want to be the person that people come to you and they're like, hey, do you know anyone who could do this? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to hook you up with that person. I'm going to hook you up with that person. Because sometimes you can be like, ah, I am the person. And that is exactly what happened in this nice. situation. Yes. My friend Oliver Boone, um, he also runs a, uh, a theater blog. And so we actually connected because I run a theater blog. He runs a theater blog. I like followed him on Instagram randomly because I was like trying to figure out how to get people to know about mine. He had reached out. Um, we interviewed each other for each other's blogs. Down the line, I ended up producing one of his monologues. And then Finally, he reached out to me. He was like, hey, like, you seem to know a lot of people. Like, you've, you know, you've got 
the people you've interviewed, you had all those playwrights that you produced alongside me. I'm now looking for an actor. Do you know any actresses who would be interested? He's like, I'm in this two person play. It's Mark Twain. Um, you know, we lost our original actress. Oh my God. Sorry. My voice keeps like cracking. <laughs> That, I blame that on the show. <laughs> um, it's, so, it's so emotional for you, Julia. It's so take, emotional. Take a moment. Yeah, yeah. Take a moment. <laughs> take a moment. Um, but he's basically like, you know, we're looking for an actress. Here's the deal. Who do you know? And I went, me. I know me. <laughs> this sounds great. Um, and so I ended up, you know, reading it with him, reading it with the director. And so that's how that audition process went by. And so Amazing. like, um, everyone should start a theater blog is the moral of that story. Um, <laughs> but being back on stage has been so nice. And I didn't even realize how much I missed it. And because I was doing, you know, I was like doing like the Zoom theater thing, which honestly, just to like d not lose my mind during the pandemic and, and make a little bit of money during the pandemic. And it was lonely. Like as much as like I got to like work on really amazing scripts and I, I got to kind of meet people, it was really hard because you would be on screen. And normally like in a, you know, in a rehearsal room, if you're not on stage, you're talking to the other people, you're getting to know them. Like some of my dearest friends have come from the theater because there's just downtime. There's downtime to really get to know each other. And like, you can't have your phones out. So you're like, oh, I guess we have to like interact <laughs> the old fashioned way. Um, there's like Corbin can tell you where like, we, we did a show together. We were just like in the back room for like an hour and we were like, well, <laughs> We were the bad I guess we're, kids. Yeah, we're we were. Like, we were like joking around. <laughs> and it was great. It was wonderful. And that's the beauty yeah. of theater. And you don't get that on Zoom theater because you can't like go into a breakout room mm -hmm. or like chat. Um, and so it was a lot of like three hours by myself in my room doing a whole show with other people that I never got to meet or hear from. Or And so being back in like a theater, it's so nice. One, to get that like response and that energy. And then two, just getting to see the people afterwards and look them in the eye and say, thank you for coming. Yeah. Like, thank you for supporting this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing in that journey with us. Um, so it's been really, really nice. And it's, and it's, and it's been so great to like get to spend time with Oliver in person. He was also, we'd only met during the pandemic over Zoom. Oh yeah. Isn't so it funny like, when you're like, Hey, this person has legs. Look at this. They're a full <laughs> yes. person, right? Yes. yes. There's been yeah. so many people yeah. like that I've met that it's just been like, Oh my God, I like didn't recognize you because yeah. I know you as yeah, this, this. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. all I know of you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been great. And it's been a struggle too. Cause I, now you have to like memorize. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of curious. Like, like how, how do you, cause I always struggle with memorizing. So like, what is, what is, cause you said you were doing all these plays at once and like all these things. Oh my God. I have to spend like hours to make sure it's in my head. Cause I want to make sure it's perfect. And I don't know. I'm always curious, like how other actors do it. Do you like some people could just look at it once and they're good. John. Absolutely not. I, it does. It takes me a hot. Do you really? No, no, no. no oh, no, I was no, about no. to be like, no, I'm I, so jealous. I, I tape it on people's chests. I do the Brando <laughs> thing. I'm just like, don't move. I'm going to read it off, you know, off your forehead. No, no, yeah. I feel that I've, um, a trick I had picked up in college for longer monologues. And this, this show is essentially just monologue after monologue because each of our dialogue is based off of like a diary passage is um listening to it mm. uh because i was just finding that like mm. you there's only so much time you have in your day to be buried in your script um and so thankfully my co-star was on board for it and so he and i sat down one day and just did a recording of us speaking through the lines and then um that was really helpful because the time that i thought i was going to spend he had like three weeks where he had to go back to england um, just to see family and stuff. And I was like, great, I'll take those three weeks to um, memorize. And then booked a film in the Dominican Republic during those three weeks. So a week was gone. <laughs> and then I came back and immediately got COVID. And I could not stay awake. I could not look at anything. So I sat there in my bed, just listening to the play, <laughs> like on repeat. And and thankfully, so when I did finally like come out of the COVID fog, um, I was like, okay, it's, it's, I'm familiar with it. It's in me a little bit and it made memorizing um, a little easier. And then another trick that I had learned that actually didn't end up working for this one because of just the format of it. Um, but normally in a traditional play, I've found it easier to memorize backwards. Mm -hmm. So like memorize the last scene, you know, and then the second to last scene only because I usually get so familiar with the first half of it because we're stopping and starting. Yep. And because that, bottom half or that back half gets um, neglected a lot of times, you know, you find that you're great up until intermission and then you're like, what happens in act two? 
so it's nice to kind of be like, oh wait, that's right. I, you know, I I worked backwards, so I actually know that a lot better than I think I do, and it just kind of makes it um, the whole process a little easier. It was hard to do on this one because it's not a super linear narrative. Like there's an overall arc, um, but I was like, oh my God, I'm saying things that happen on page 20 on page six, and now I don't know what's happening. So I had to stop that and start from the beginning and go through. It feels fresh because it's fresh for everybody at that point. <laughs> yes, yeah, we're all like, whoa, Julia's, Julia's all remixing here, yeah. I, I like that listening to it. The one, the one I heard that I've tried a couple of times that actually for people that maybe haven't tried it is you, you know, you, you can write it out, which can help. Mm. But then what you do is you just write out the first letter of the words mm. and then you go through that and you see how much you know of that. And that's interesting because it's almost like a little like, you know, half step towards it. And that's like, and all of a sudden you start to like kind of see the words appear yes. just with the first letter. And then you can, you know, take that away. And then that's, you know, if you're just kind of trying to do like some straight up just memorization, you know, not attack, attach it to, you know, thoughts or images or things like that. You're just like, I got to get this memorized. Um, but that's a great way to, you know, Julia reminds me when you said you thought you had three weeks and that didn't happen. It's a great thing for actors always. Like if you're going into a film, you're like, okay, I got this scene like later on and stuff. And they're like, we're shooting it today. You're like, ah, like you really, I always, you know, if I coach people before a film, like be familiar with the whole thing yes. because oh, you yes. never know what's going to happen where they're like, we only have this location today. Things changed. We got to get that scene. You know what I mean? The emotional one. You're like, we were going to do that in a week. They're like, sorry. Um, oh. And I, I think that, that, you know, Overpreparedness, I guess you could use, but it's like being prepared. Yeah. Overpreparedness over is being prepared <laughs> because mm. you're gonna be you're the one who's like thrown in front of the camera and they're like, or the stage and be like, go. You know. What yes. I mean? Yes. And I I will admit I do blame. <laughs> I mean, okay, I blame myself a little bit for being like, yeah, I've like got that time, but I also blame COVID a little bit because I did used to be like, I. I used to be so busy that like I would have to be like, okay, I know something's going to come up. So I'm going to get off book or whatever mm. as soon as possible. Mm. Whereas like now I like almost forget that things happen, like things come up because we'd been in this COVID lockdown for like two years that, yeah, my brain was like, oh, I've totally planned it all out. It's all good. Like I didn't plan for the unexpected. Pre-COVID, Julia would have planned for the unexpected. Mm. Post-COVID, Julia is like, yep. wait, what do you mean things unexpectedly happen? <laughs> and I can't time. control every moment. Yeah, like, so it, that's honestly why this play was so good for me too, was to get back into that like working mindset of like, this is what it's like to balance life, work, and show at the same time. Do you see a difference, uh, Julia, between like a theater audition and a TV or film audition? How do you, do you approach those differently? Mm. Or, you know, how do, how do you Ooh. enter into that? That's a really good question. Um, the TV and film stuff tends to be a little shorter and a little more um, harder to prepare for because you usually only get the three pages. Whereas like with the play, the play auditions, I can read the whole play. I get all of this context. I get all of this understanding. Um, I can actually do like a lot of research on the play before I go in. There's a lot of times with like the film and TV, in a weird way, that's almost less pressure because you're like, I know nothing about this. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, because a lot of times it's like an indie feature or whatever. And so um, you kind of get to play a little bit more with uh, the TV and film stuff, I would say, just because you're like, okay, I actually have to make a choice. And whether it's right or wrong, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and I think that can be really cool and really freeing because I think with plays sometimes, unless it's a new work, you know, you definitely have a lot more freedom with that. But with some of these more classical pieces, there's so much history to all of these plays that there's kind of like, a quote unquote, a way it's done. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I think you definitely can and should play with even those tried and true characters, you know, especially with like Shakespeare and stuff. But I think there's a little bit of pressure sometimes to do it how it's always been done. And so I think theater, where the fun in your theater audition comes from is like, how can I you know, how can, how is my Juliet going to be different from all the other Juliets? Or how is my Ophelia going to be, you know, not not what everybody immediately thinks of? Um, whereas, yeah, film and television, you're like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try this. And if they hate it, they hate it. But I made a choice. And I'm going off of the four lines I have on this page. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Yeah, just when you're talking about Shakespeare, can you can you talk to us about your connection to Shakespeare? Because I know yeah. you've done a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I um I 
really, really love, I, I really love Shakespeare because I, I can, I know I can trust it. And I think mm -hmm. that was a big thing um, about doing theater in LA is like, yeah, no, it's going to be a good script if, it, <laughs> if it's Shakespeare. Uh, but no, it's Shakespeare has always meant a, a lot to me. I did it. Um, my first like big role in Shakespeare. I was in college. It was my junior year of college. I hadn't been like uh, cast in like any of my school's shows. I was feeling like really down on myself. And I was like, oh, crap, like I have royally messed up. Like I should not be um, doing this maybe like uh, holy crap, like, you know, uh, and I still remember like doing the audition being like, I just want to be on stage. Like I'll be like servant number three. Like I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm not picky. Um, and I think that lack of pressure on myself is why I ended up getting Juliet was because I wasn't like, oh crap, I got to do this. And something I thought was really interesting and I always tell people is, you know, just when, when staying true to kind of like what makes you unique. I don't know if it reads on here, but I have a deeper voice than a lot of girls who look like me. I have a deeper voice than a lot of you're just thin, small, white women. And normally Juliet is played up here and it's like the young and da 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 but I think I was just so nervous that I think my voice dropped even lower <laughs> and like you know what I mean and that normally would like work against me and and my director was actually ended up telling me at the end of the run he was like oh I loved I loved that you had this like deeper I'm probably saying all this and I'm probably like sounding like this on the recording <laughs> but like I promise I have a deeper voice um and so I thought that was I you know and so that's like that really taught me um, to just not try to alter what you think other people are going to want or uh, kind of what I was saying earlier of like playing the idea of Juliet because that's how it's always been done. Um, and that show ended up really, uh, one, boosting my confidence, but two, it came at a really pivotal point in my life because a week into rehearsal, my mother got cancer. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like so much is happening at one time. and um, to kind of like distract myself from the emotions of that, I got to really dive into this play, kind of out of necessity for like not losing my mind. Mm -hmm. um, and so in a weird way, you know, silver lining and all of it, it really gave me a process because I was like, okay, because I was like trying to keep myself busy all the time. So like mm -hmm. I thought of like really in-depth, like physical and vocal warm-ups that I could do. I like read research papers on Romeo and Juliet. Um, because I just so badly didn't want to think about anything else happening in my life that I like made the show my main focus. I have not gone as in depth on any show since, but it at least showed me like, here's what a really great process. And I, I maybe shouldn't say that. Like, I promise I work hard when you cast me, so cast me. <laughs> but um, no, it really showed me like what a process could be and how deep it honestly should be. Um, and uh, so that, that ended up, meaning a lot to me and uh and i also think experiences build on each other and so it was just that made me fall in love with shakespeare with romeo and juliet when i was in london i saw like five different versions of romeo and juliet because i was still like riding the high of like shakespeare and romeo and juliet yeah. and then uh one of my experiences led me to writing an article that ended up being my first national magazine cover story and so it was just uh -huh. like well, that's like it's crazy how interconnected yeah. it all becomes and so that's why like i always tell people like just go with it like if you become like really interested and obsessed with something run with it and see how far it takes you and see where it takes you because like that brought me a lot of joy because i just followed something that i was obsessed with and then you know the other stuff has just been the other other shakespeare stuff i did was more uh business related if that makes sense like the Romeo and Juliet was definitely like the passion project, but like all the theatricum botanicum Shakespeare was like, I was trying to get my equity points. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm so glad I did it. And I met just some of the best people, but I wasn't like, Oh, I'm following my Shakespeare bliss with this. It was more like, Oh, I want to join actors equity. So I'm going <laughs> to, exactly. I'm going to go do, you know, do this project. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea though, of going fall, like, becoming obsessed with something for a bit, you know, yeah. I mean, I really do that deep dive. I think you have to do it. I mean, they, you know, you, you hear that a lot of, you know, well, I have other hobbies and things like that, but I'm like, you gotta be obsessed. There's, there's like, there's gotta be segments where you are doing those deep dives. I think that's really important. You know, Judy, I moved out here 
I went to Northwestern, but I was a German major. Okay, so oh. no performing arts, nothing at all. Oh, yeah. that's why you wanted to pronounce my last name. That's why I was trying to get it right. Okay, exactly. yeah. I see, I see. So, so, so I moved, I moved out here, and I like a lot of Northwestern people come out here and they want to do Shakespeare. They want to, you know, and I was just like doing like non-union industrials, commercial. I was like, whatever I can take, you know, and people are like that too, but I was just like, cause I didn't know anything. Mm. And so one year I said, I'm going to do theater. I really want to do theater. I hadn't done theater in college or after that. And the first play I did, I was an understudy. Uh, second play I did was a one act for the Hollywood fringe. Fabulous. And then the third play, you know, I was uh, one of the leads. And it's the play I met my wife in. So that year was a That's very- That's the LA love story right there. <laughs> it is. And we have a six-year-old son together. And, that and you bring to wineries. <laughs> that we bring to wineries. Um, and that's another story. Oh, um, I forgot. I realized we weren't recording when we had that. Whole that just made, I just threw you under the bus for no reason. No, no, he's 21. My son is 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's it's 21. Good. It's all he's good. all good. It's all it's good. good. Minus a lot of it. Numbers. He wasn't drinking wine, Julia. He was at a winery. He wasn't drinking wine. What, what you, like, just because he's there, he doesn't drink wine. Um, but that year, it's funny when you're saying that play you did was really pivotal now that I think I mean I know it but like that year was a very pivotal year for me acting yeah. wise where I like deep dove into theater and also really got into the the process mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. the process of preparing the process of being there the process of showing up early the process of connecting um, with the other actors finding all yeah. those things I think it's a really you know it's a it's a really special thing that you can have on you can definitely have it on sets too but sometimes with theater you get that time backstage um, you know, you get that exactly. time to kind of hang out and, and before or after, you know, I totally agree. And that was, I mean, I remember that was something that was disheartening for me when I first started, you know, trying to transition out of theater into more film and television. I was like, wait, what do you mean? I'm only going to see these people for a week and then like never mm -hmm. again. Like that was a lonely feeling, especially mm -hmm. like coming out of school and like being in LA and, and you know, the way I made sense of the world in my community is, was like, oh, we do shows together. We get to know each other. And that's like, my social life has also always been my work life. Like it's always because theater is just such a social thing. And, and it was hard to do the switch to TV and film where you're like, oh, and I might never see you again. So like, I don't even know where I was going with that, but basically of just, yes, like theater has such that magical, like almost like family making feel to it that, um, I think you get in TV if you're like a recurring because you do see them a lot, but it is hard with films where, you know, like the, the film I just did, like I met two amazing women that I don't know if I'll ever see again because they both right. live in Canada. Like I just, I was like, oh, but you guys yeah. are so great. And I got to really know you, you over this you week. Come and together, now you come together for a very intense thing and yes. then you kind of scatter again. And and yeah, that team, that, that group hard. is probably not going to be, yeah, they're prob probably, they might be, but but it's, it's rare. So I, I know what you're saying. And, and yeah. sometimes that group can be magical. Sometimes it can be challenging. Uh, yeah, sometimes is, you're like, thank God this is only <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, did you have something? I did. Yeah. I kind of, um, uh, one actually, where did you grow up? Did you, did you have any like high school like experiences that were great in theater and all that? Totally. Totally. So I, um, I'm a Chicago, San Antonio nice. have these. Uh, so when you said Northwest, where did you live in Illinois? So like I before lived, Northwestern? I'm, I'm from Wisconsin, but I, I was, uh, okay. school, I was, and then I lived in Lincoln park, uh, okay. uh after school. So yeah. Okay. So I grew up in Schaumburg, medieval times. If anyone, of course, nice. everyone yeah. knows. Um, to give you the whole leg, get that whole leg. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Get that I know. Whole leg, right? <laughs> it's intense. Um, I went but, to that one, Julia, I got to tell you, I went to that one once that, that medieval times. And one of the knights who had like, he, like this guy with long hair, he was living his best life. He came out and he was like, he, he was like the best actor. Like just, he was loving it. Like all the accolades he was living his yes. best life. It's pretty awesome. I've That's actually, awesome. I worked with someone in LA who he was like, oh my God, I was a horse trainer at that medieval times. I was like, this world is too small. Oh, he was like, yeah, dude. He's like, I lived in Schaumburg for two years. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, so yeah, Schaumburg to San Antonio. And actually I do credit that move with why I'm in theater because uh, when you move at 12, that is a lonely, lonely time. And actually I credit that move with why I'm vampire obsessed now and why I'm in theater. <laughs> because the two ways I made friends when I first moved was all these strange people that I had never met before were all reading Twilight. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess I need to read Twilight so I can talk to these <laughs> Texans about something. I don't, I don't know. So I read that, became obsessed. And then I had, they like in Schomburg, 
theater wasn't as like serious, I guess. Like, like they didn't really have a class for it. It was like always an extracurricular, like, um, you know, so you could do all your other things and still do the school play. You couldn't do that in Texas. It was like the school play is only for, you know, the kids in the drama class. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I'll take, you know, I guess I'll take the theater class because I want to, I want to do the, the play, like whatever. Sure. Um, cause I'd been doing like, you know, just like community stuff back in Illinois and suddenly I had friends and a community and a place to be after school. And that is so addicting to a lonely 12 year old. <laughs> um, and so, and I got really lucky and I met a bunch of amazing friends. We had done, um, we had done, uh, we, these things called, what are they called? Basically like theater competitions, mm. uh, forensics. I think they were called forensics. Okay. Um, and which I know is like weird because in high school, that's like a debate thing. But in middle <laughs> school, in middle school, it was like monologues. I don't know. Um, and I, to be perfectly honest, I won a bunch of awards at my first one. And I was like, oh, I might also be kind of good at this. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm just going to run with it. And then, so I did that all through middle school. And then in high school, we had this like, it was this class called Productions. And it was basically the like varsity theater class. <laughs> Which is like no other way to describe it. I know. I'm like other kids like lettered in football. Like I lettered in choir and theater. Like I literally got a letter on my letter. That's cool for sure. Says music. Like I am. I am just like born and bred art nerd. Like, but I meet my friend. Like I had a bunch of friends in like college who were like athletes. I was like, yo, you you would not have been friends. Just saying. Um, but uh, yeah. So I auditioned for that my freshman year. Got in. And our teacher really encouraged us, like, if you're in this class, it's because you want to go on and study it in college. And so we did, like, college presentations and, like, presentations on, like, the different schools and, like, their theater programs. Um, She was always bringing people in to talk to us, uh, alumni who had gone on to study theater. So it was very much like a a pipeline. It was like like a a school-to-school-to-career pipeline. Um, And it was through there that, you know, I, I... met people who had gone to USC from my school. I was able to kind of use that alumni network from my high school. And then also my teacher just really set us up for success. She made us take, she made us buy and take headshots every year. Every year we had to put together a portfolio that had our resume, that had sample college essays, that had um, our musical theater book and our repertoire of monologues. And so like, she really honestly set us up for success. And I thought that was normal until I got to school and people were like, I've never seen a play. I've, mm. I've never taken a headshot. I don't have a resume. Like, and so I, it was one of those things that I, I, I didn't, um, I think appreciate or realize to appreciate, uh, until I got to call co- or until, yeah, until I got to college and, and was like, Oh, I'm like prepared. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and it's, I mean, and it's definitely been an uphill climb since then. And there were definitely people who were bound leagues and bounds ahead of me. Like I was going to school with people who had already been, co-stars and guest stars on major tv shows you know and so it was like i was like i'm i'm right in the middle like i'm further along than some people and i'm very behind other people and that was kind of a good place to be because i still had the like confidence of like oh i know what i'm doing Mm. but like i had that kind of like underdog mentality of like okay but i've got to catch up a little bit and that's going to make me work a little harder because i i'm not i'm not the big i'm not a big fish in a little pond i'm like i'm a little fish in a freaking ocean. And if I want to catch up to those big fish, I got to, you know, I've just got to work. Mm-hmm. Cor- Corbin, that San Antonio teacher, Meryl Streep. <laughs> amazing. Like that's how the wow. story comes full circle. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. Okay. I wish, uh, wait, I wish. So Julie, before we get to our final segment, I do want to ask you, what advice would you give a younger Julia? Like totally. if you were going to be going down this similar path? Can I give the like the, the the like you go kid advice and then the pa- practical piece of advice? <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So my practical piece of advice is I feel like I heard the debate a lot in college, which comes first, like agent or manager, agent or manager. Personally, in my experience, I wish that I had put more time and effort into finding a manager early on because I did I looked for an agent instead, which now that I'm with my manager, I'm like, "Oh my god, I wish I had her 3 years ago." Mm. Because the manager really is more hands-on with um this, these are the kind of headshots you should get this is the look i think you should get let's pitch you to people like managers are willing to develop you mm-hmm. 
Whereas like agents kind of want you to be like a shiny package that they could just be like, hire, please. Uh, so that's like my practical piece of advice is like, I personally, for me, in my experience, I know you got to like say all that until someone's like, you told me not to look for an agent first and you ruined my life. Um, look for a manager and look for someone who will get you and someone who will work with you and someone who will fight for you. Yeah. Um, so that's my practical piece of advice. My more like, you know, not as practical piece of advice, my more like woo woo advice is there's been a lot of things that I think I've worked on in my career that people were like, oh, that's a waste of time. But they felt good to me. So I did them. And they have gotten me, they have opened so many more doors than I think just if I had just been like, I'm going to be an actor and wait for things to happen. Like mm -hmm. my, honestly, the theater blog, I've been told by other people before, like this, you know, you're putting a lot of time and effort into this. Like, I'm not sure it's going to do anything. That got me the play I'm currently in. That got me my first feature film by through that blog. That got me my manager and my manager got me my first international feature film. I can credit all of that to this little free little theater blog I'd started because it gave me a way to open the door. It gave me an act, a, a platform to be like, hi, I'm Julia. Let me introduce myself to you, but let me give you something because every single person I reached out to, I was not asking anything. I was giving them press. I was giving them a platform. It was a, how can I help you? How can I advertise you? And then in turn, they were like, can I see your reel? Can, can you audition for my project? Can, and so, yeah. And, and, and I, if I had listened to the people who were like, this is because multiple people did say it. Mm -hmm. And if I had listened, I would not, the door would not have opened on so many amazing experiences. So my, my advice to younger me is if it feels right, do it. I love that, Julia. And I'm thinking about this idea that that blog, you felt an instinct for it and you went for it. And I think, that it was like been successful in the sense that it's, 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 you've received stuff for, which is amazing by putting it out there. Yeah. And I also think it's like some people tell you not to do it because they're scared to do it or they're scared of like, Oh, it's so much, you're, you know, you're using so much time or you're going to fail or whatever. And I, and I tell you, you, you you're going to learn from the failures. You're going to learn from the successes, Yes. but you've got to be putting things out there. Like you did. That's what gets the momentum. And, and one of the big things I feel like in, in, in this business a lot, is like to try to create heat. Yeah. And sometimes it can come from outside. Hey, you get a movie in Sundance. Great. That is external heat. But how do you create internal heat? Well, you got to do something. You got to get the the boulder moving. And, and you did that, Julie. You took it upon yourself. And that stuff always takes way longer also than people think. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, you wrote a quick little blog post. You're like, no, I spent a lot of time. I interviewed. I had, like, I know it takes time. You know, all this yeah. stuff, creating your own projects take time. All that takes time. So it does take energy and time. But yeah. I love that you did that and that you, in a sense, got rewarded or were acknowledged for for putting in that that work it's really that's i will admit it felt very good i was like <laughs> ha i didn't listen to all you naysayers and look at where i am now like yeah. don't listen to the naysayers or the gatekeepers <laughs> they're out they're out out um, uh julie before we get to our final thing one last thing which is where can people find either your your blog sounds interesting or more about you where, where can they find something? oh my gosh definitely um so probably the two best places to learn about me is my website and my instagram they're just both julia steyer obviously the website's juliasteyer.com yep. uh the instagram is at julia steyer and that is s-t-i-e-r yep um and then you can learn about bite me at yes at bite me the podcast and then my blog is called players performers and portrayers for those of you who know rush it is a lyric from limelight <laughs> um and that uh you can just honestly if you just do players performers and portrayers.com i was about to be like just google it but i was like oh but you might actually get the song um <laughs> players performers and portrayers.com okay perfect great that's where that's great. at and i will say that that one is more geared towards um people, early career artists, because I was like struggling to find stuff for people who were in their twenties. Cause like, you can read about the people like, I like, I feel like I felt like the two things was like, I could read a book that told me like, to be an actor, you need a headshot. And I was like, I didn't need to read this book to be told that. <laughs> yeah. Or it was like, Oh my God. So yeah, of course I'm famous. Like my dad was a producer. And I was like, I also, that's also not my reality. So both of these are not my reality. What I need is the like, hi, I'm just out of college. What do I do next? So that's that if it's, it's more early career um, advice. Great. Great. 
Corbin. And also, uh, just if you're looking for that Bite Me podcast, when I first looked, I did find the Texas Saltwater Fishing Podcast. Don't go to that, right, Julia? Don't go to we, that. We want to get your podcast above that podcast. Mm -hmm. It's not yes. about Texas Saltwater Fishing, though you're from San Antonio. I know. Uh, I Corbin, know. It's trash. <laughs> All right, let's get to our final fun segment, uh, which we like to call your, your best, best bad acting. acting. All right. <laughs> now, Julia, you're going to forget all your theater training, all that USC, throw it out the window. This is um, a quote for you. You can have some fun with it. Take your time. We might give you a redirect afterwards. We might not. You can do an accent. You don't have to. Just, <laughs> Just have fun it. with it. Yeah. Just have uh. And it's allowed to be bad, right? Like yes. bad. Yes. It's to be bad. Absolutely. Oh my God. Oh God. This is almost harder to my <laughs> It's so much pressure. Okay. Let's see. I'm flesh and blood, but not human. I haven't been human for 200 years. <laughs> Wait, why was I getting like the Lord of the Rings? I was getting Lord of the Rings. What yeah. is that thing? What was that thing from Lord of the Rings? Oh, Smeagol? Like a, yeah, I was getting a little Smeagol there. I don't know, Julie. I was getting a little Smeagol. I don't know why. Okay. Corbin, uh, do you have a redirect? I like that. I, I like that. Uh, you mentioned karaoke earlier. I kind of want to yeah. hear this a little a little musical. I want to hear a little song, oh, sing wow. song with this. Oh, yeah, she, oh, she's getting her microphone. Oh, wow, this is good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm flesh and blood. But not human. I haven't been human for two hundred years. Wow! So I don't even know what key that was in, Doesn't or matter. any Doesn't of that. The even key, the key of awesome. Yeah. The key of awesome. The key of awesome. Okay, Julia, I got one last one. You I'm actually, nervous. You know, you know was... no, 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 no. You know who wrote this? It. You know who actually wrote this? Oh. Shakespeare. All right. So let's hear oh. it in Shakespearean. And you can add some doths and things in there if you want, or, or you don't have to. Let's see where it goes. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Oh, oh, I haven't received it yet. Oh, no. Same, same quote. Same, same, same you're quote. You're not getting out of this. They're not getting out of this same oh, quote. Oh, same quote. <laughs> Make it Shakespearean. Oh, I was like, I was like, yes, John. Oh, you're, ready for, you're ready for Shakespearean. I'm waiting. No. <laughs> this is, we, I want to see if you can transform this or have fun. Sorry about that. We'll cut out oh that big God. pause, everybody. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes. Oh, oh my God! I don't have to like. I am a pentameter to this. No, no, no. I was like, I was like, that's gonna take a minute. I was Julia like, Julia's such a, Julia, you're such a perfectionist. We're having fun here. Let it go. Let it go. It's okay. Fun. Fun. What is that? Great. Okay. You're doing great. Sawthest flesh. I fly. <laughs> I don't even know how to do this. Thou hasn't. Ben of the mortal realm for twice thou uh, liege in of 200 years. I don't know. I don't even, I think I'm just making up words now. I think I just lost First of all, there was 2,000 there and you threw in a dust, which I made up and I don't really know Shakespeare. So Julia, come on. You've done a lot of Shakespeare. Corbin, I don't know. That was, uh, that, that, was, was that was maybe the best bad acting. Uh, <laughs> that was maybe the best bad acting. That was the best bad Shakespeare. That was the best bad Shakespeare I've seen. But you know what? Uh, Better than I could have done for sure. 100%. I think if you guys had given me, had like warned me, I would have taken like a shot before I did it. That's why we don't do that. That's why we don't do that. We don't do, we had one person wiggle out of it and that was unfair. They shouldn't have done that. Uh, Julia, this was so amazing. What a wonderful interview. I love, I love, love, loved how we dove into theater, which, you know, is how you and Corbin met and just that whole world. I think it's a great world. And obviously you do a ton of things, which is really cool and inspirational. Um, and it's been wonderful just hearing you and your journey and, and your advice is, is great. I love the practical and the, the more inspirational. Wonderful. Great stuff. Thank you, right, Corbin. Yeah, thank you. You, I could talk to you for hours. It's so great for you to be here and we really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. thank you, John Corbin. This was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we really appreciate it. And we will uh, hopefully talk to you or see you soon. All right. Sounds Bye good. Bye, Julia. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Moving Spotlight podcast. I've got a favor to ask. Can you send this to one friend? Corbin, do you have one friend you could send this to right now? Uh, yeah, I got at least What's one friend. What's their Ryan name? Ryan Halberg. <laughs> okay, Ryan Halberg. <laughs> An episode of the Moving Spotlight is coming your way. He's get ready get for it, it yeah, Ryan. He's going to be You're going to get it, and upset. you're going to listen to it, Ryan. You're going to listen to it. Why would he be upset? It's the best show in the world. dropping his name right now. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like, I wanted to be anonymous. Yeah. So, folks out there, please send this episode or another one 
to one friend. All right. We're trying to grow our audience and we need your help. The fans of the show, right, Corbin? We, we definitely need your help and you could do it. It's so easy. It's just a simple text. Send, hit the little, that box with the arrow button. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. Send that little, it's like a half, it's like a three quarter box, a little yeah. up arrow. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you don't even need to email it. Just text it to a friend and they can listen right on their phone. Thank you for listening to the Moon and Fox Life podcast.